Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. your mic oh <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you can't expect me to have it all together <laughs> jesus <laughs> there we go all right the mic for the podcast we do <laughs> twice a week i'm sorry is not everyone psychic i thought we were all talking psychically oh my fucking god okay <laughs> do you want to hear Where's your mic? Where's your mic? I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm just going to broadcast, like, you know, beam it out into the world from my, uh, psychically. Oh, man. Do you want to hear a crazy thing that I used to, when I got really high, I used to pretend that was true. And it's not true, but it was a lot to think about. Please. I used to get really high and pretend that everybody was from the future and sent back in time to control my whole life and every decision I make ostensibly meaning everyone is psychic except me because they all know what's to come and they're all leading me by not letting me make my own choices and that's what I used to think free will versus not free will looked like was that it's everyone is from the future but me and they'll never let me know whoa did I describe it in a way that makes sense you described it in a way that um yeah, definitely. I understand. It must have been really uncomfortable. It was a fun game to play. Oh, it was a game. Okay, good. It was. I think if you just walked around like that all the time, I would be like anxious all the time. Oh, yeah. If everything that happened to you, you thought somebody from the future was controlling and to shift your river as it flowed down. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a lot all the time. Yeah. I used to just get high and play games with myself in my own brain like oh, that. Yeah, that's so intense. That's the Truman Show. Or yes. That yes. movie, right? It was the that's, Truman Show. That's it. It made me... Um, so anxious really that movie gave me major anxiety because of the idea of not having control and agency over yourself oh and just watching you know like like laura linney you know playing his wife like kind of coming apart at the seams having to like keep up the facade and yeah ah, the whole thing was yeah do you think how come there was oh i don't want to get into sex right away from the truman show (laughs) never mind what up everyone welcome to weed and grub hi hi what up mary jane how's it going mike good i just i got high and now i'm feeling deep so i mean we got high with our guest today who is sort of uh, i don't even know the most perfect person for us to talk to right now i feel like 100 percent. yeah yeah he has a big brain big heart and a big creative spirit yeah and a big collection of a bunch of cool like smoking accessories and a stash hell yeah that can't be beat hell yeah yeah fucking warren is a dope guest perfect for a day like today um if you're listening to this podcast for the first time it is a podcast about cannabis comedy culture calling shit out um and me just getting twilight zone deep right off jump (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) and also food did we say cooking i forgot i I can't remember what you said either i i said stuff it's just because i have that german chocolate cake on the brain (laughs) and i just ate a piece as i walked past it and i was like we got to talk about that fucking cake let's talk about the birthday cake joel hadley made me it's uh it's the most perfect most magical but i don't mean magical as in delicious tasting i mean like it's a magic cake it's black magic because it (laughs) never goes bad it never dries out it tastes exactly delicious as delicious today Mm -hmm. as it did whenever it was that you got it march 28th on my birthday okay it's now april 14th that's 
madness. It's still moist as hell. I was going to say moist, but then nobody likes that word. But this is one. Grow up. Well, I know. And this is one place where I would say moist is a wonderful word because it's true. And it's moist as hell. Yes. Yeah. It's German chocolate cake. It's moist as hell. It's not so sweet that you're like, oh, I hate cake. It's the perfect amount of sweet where you can just like eat it by the pawful as yeah. you're walking by. It's I mean, what is the magic? It's German. It's it's German engineering. You know how they have dialed in like the perfect car, the perfect tank. Like the, the Germans are known for, you know, the 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 intelligent design. What if it it was like a German in the cake? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. It's there's like a little German in there keeping it wet. There's like some special magical little like German cake person just living in in there like making it all moist. <laughs> What a, I don't even know what, what that looks like. Job. A cake, a cake fairy. Uh huh. A, mo- a moist cake fairy. Every homemade German chocolate cake comes, comes with, with a cake, cake fairy. fairy. <laughs> <laughs> and when the cake fairy moves on to his new cake, that's when your cake goes stale. Yeah. Cake fairies. Cake fairies. That's yeah. why your cake went bad. The cake fairy left. The cake fairy had another gig. Yeah. It's a yo. It's a ten. It's an I ten ninety nine situation. Even in the fairy world, it's freelance cake moisturizing. Hard out there for a cake fairy. <laughs> what is the cake fairy's name, do you think? Our cake fairy? Yeah. For the German, ooh, well, it is a German chocolate cake fairy. Boy, um, Augustus Gloop? No, it can't be someone else's name. It's got to be the cake fairy has their own name. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah Augustus can't. Gloop is from Willy Wonka. Yes. Yeah. He's a little German boy who loved chocolate. How so about, can, can the cake fairy be um, Schneider? Okay. Yeah, that's it. Just, that's just Schneider? Schneider? Schneider the cake fairy? Schneider the cake fairy? I fucking love it. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. <laughs> I'm sure there are better names out there. If you have a good name for a German cake fairy, please hit us up at Weed and Grub and let us know what your cake fairy is named. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think of the tooth fairy. Yeah. Who I just heard uh, the prime minister of New Zealand, Jacinta Arden, who is the fuck bomb. And she's just been leading that country so beautifully at, while like she was pregnant in office, which is the first world leader to be actually pregnant while in office. And she just issued uh, a statement that the coronavirus crisis would not be affecting the tooth fairy or the Easter bunny, like a, like to the nation. Yes. Yeah. So that because they are essential? Because they're essential and because there are all of these kids right now who just like need a little hope and a little light in their lives. And she knew just, you know, intrinsically as a great person and obviously as a, as a mom, I think she was just like, people need a little light and a little magic in their lives. And so she issued like a, an official statement from the prime minister's office that the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny will not be affected by the uh, pandemic. That's fucking awesome yeah that's awesome it's the kind of leadership that the world needs right now hell yeah yes and the tooth fairy is like wait what oh Oh, thank god God. okay (laughs) thank you thank you thank you yeah (laughs) he calls all the cake fairies and it's like hey did you guys hear yeah fairies are still working fairies are all working right now i do know the tooth fairy's name because when i was little the tooth fairy left me a note and signed it and her name is Elabel. Really? Mm-hmm. I got a tiny little note and tiny little handwriting. Personalized from the Tooth Fairy? From the Tooth Fairy. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you two know each other. Yeah. she was. It was great. I, I got the note because um, the night I'd lost my tooth was a cold winter night. And so along with my tooth under the pillow, I left a tiny little pair of mittens. Stop. <laughs> for For Annabelle? For Elabelle. Okay, walk left... me through the whole story. I'm, I don't need to keep interrupting. So, just cold winter night in Newfoundland sometime, you know, when I was, I think I was probably eight or whenever, you know, you lose your teeth. And I uh, had 
very proudly put my tooth under the pillow and I told my parents about it. And then I was like, but it's cold out. Do you think the tooth fairy would be cold? And so I, my mom uh, got these little tiny mittens for me. I can't remember. They must have come from a doll. Perfect. And I put them in a little pouch with my tooth. And the next morning when I woke up, the pouch was gone. And there was a thank you note from the tooth fairy saying, thank you so much for thinking of me. These mittens are perfect. They'll keep my hands warm. You know, and here's the whatever quarter. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was lovely. That's that is the like that's what i needed to hear it was quite magical that's magical uh-huh <laughs> a personal relationship with an icon mm-hmm. wow alabelle alabelle yeah that's cool she's the she's the shit I, I like that um i have a personal relationship with a cake fairy and you have a personal relationship with the, the tooth fairy uh-huh. that's beautiful i think that fits us yeah, <laughs> yeah. what tooth was it which uh, one did you lose first oh it had to be one of my front yeah. One of these two, right? Aren't those the two that always go? Yeah, the think? Beaver Boys. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it had to be one of those guys. Did you yank it out? Did you play with it until it fell, or did you do a string technique? I think I did the string. That's so gutsy. You're the first person I've ever met who's done the string. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, I pulled all my teeth out when as soon as they were loose. I also took my own stitches out. Like, I can't stand when something's, like, just wiggling or wobbling or, you know. Yeah, I don't, that was a mistake. Don't ever take your own stitches out. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Everybody knows that except yeah. for me. Yeah. Nobody is like pulling over like, wait, what? Can you rewind that? Well, it's time for these to come out. Yeah. I was just like, I didn't want to go back to the hospital. I had stitches. So I just took them out myself. Yeah. Not a good idea. Uh, we don't need... No. Anyway. Yes. I pulled my own teeth, all of them with doors and strings and all that. Fucking cool. <laughs> That's cool. I'm impatient. Know. I'm not a patient person. Do you want to hear my news story? Yes. Oh, uh, do you want to do uh, Grubble Gazette's Presents Marijuana Moment? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Because it's another feel-good story like New Zealand. Great. So let me pull it up. Ooh, I never get to tell these. <laughs> <laughs> so a worker who was fired by Amazon won a key decision in federal court. That's the headline. So okay. there was a former Amazon warehouse worker and he's suing Amazon because in New Jersey, he took a drug test and he tested positive for THC. And so they fired him. But he has a medical marijuana card for his anxiety disorder that mm-hmm. allows him to use cannabis in accordance with state law. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, yo, you wrongfully fired me. What the fuck? And uh, Amazon was like, well, then just come for me, bitch. Try and come for me. And so <laughs> he came for them. And because of the New Jersey state law, which I'll come back to in a second, he had a promising victory. And so Amazon forced it into federal court. Oh. And because it's federally legal they would have won and been like, good luck, bitch. But because of his amazing lawyers and a past trial decision that was just passed in March, the federal court made the ruling that Amazon, you're shit out of luck on this. We're pushing it back to state court. Fuck yes. And at the state court, because there was a key court ruling similar to his that just happened in March that was in favor for that person, Mm -hmm. he looks like he might win against Amazon at a state level for firing him unfairly. Fucking booyah. Take that, Amazon, and fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you so hard. Amazon is fucking firing workers who are trying to like unionize. They're firing people who are trying to get um, information out to people about like warehouse workers in this, you know, pandemic, like being safe. They're firing people just for like trying to get information out while like working them to the bone where they have to like walk, you know, for five minutes to get to a bathroom or piss in a bottle if they can't make it in their fucking mandated break. Like, fuck you. And I know everyone needs to use them right now and everyone's depending on their delivery service. But if you have the opportunity not to, please don't use them. And like, 
this person, like, I hope he fucking just like kicks them in the fucking nuts and gets a bunch of money from them because absolutely, holy smokes, yeah. that's crazy. I hope everyone working for them right now becomes so rich. Yeah. Take, like there was a tweet recently that was like, hey, just floating this to whoever hopefully sees it that is in power, but people deemed essential workers should get a 30-day paid vacation at the end of this, yeah. and we all should pick up the slack for them. Yes. And give them a goddamn break because they deserve one more than anyone. There was a great tweet from someone who was like, look, I'm an essential worker right now. I'm I'm in the grocery store working and everyone keeps calling me a hero. I don't want to be called a hero. I want $20 an hour. Right. That's it. Thanks for the shout outs. Thanks for the love. Thanks for thanking me when you see me. I just want $20 an hour. Yeah. And Viral also, doesn't like, pay the bills. Yeah. And also, I read a piece about how grocery store workers are, like, having a really hard time with shoppers who are coming in, like, underprepared to just kind of, like, get get in and get out quickly. And mm-hmm. I just, like, really took note of that for myself. Where I was like, okay, I'm going to make a list and I'm going to know exactly what I'm going to buy before I go in. I'm going to get everything as quickly as I can. I'm going to be organized. I'm not going to touch anything that I don't need to touch. And I'm going to get out as fast as I can. And that's the least I can fucking do is learn how to shop better. Shop better. Right now is not the time to wonder which of these salsas might be a new one to fucking try it does oh fire roasted like can like this isn't the costco free sample stand in line situation anymore get your fucking milk and go yeah god damn it i was so mad in sprouts one sprouts go fuck yourself (laughs) two this she was like puttering around reading the back of luna bars and i was like just fucking one buy it at 64 cents or Try it another time or order it, but like, don't stand in the middle of the aisle being curious about Rocky Road. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) So funny, but yes. Yes. Totally. I mean, yes. Yes. I can only imagine how... Oat milk. Infuriating it would be. I mean, like, uh, you know, today I called CVS to make sure that they had cat litter. And while I was on the phone with them, I also happened to ask if they had toilet paper. And the tone of the person was like, (sighs) no. And I was like, wow, you are so tired of people calling you and asking you for something that you can't help them with. Like, yeah, I'm just going to just hear that and know that you should be getting $20 an hour. <laughs> yes. Yo, real talk. Yeah. I hope yeah. this guy wins his Amazon lawsuit yes. and rakes in millions yes. and then and then comes on the podcast and talks to us about Let's all of it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah it's really interesting to hear how corporations can use federal law to their advantage to get away with things still. Even though at a state level, you've done everything to a fucking T that you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. Corporations are absolutely. They, they yeah, run the fucking show. Yo, as soon as this goes federal, though, not, not, no. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That's we... what the weed fairy is doing. Oh, the yeah. We- yeah. All the weed fairies right now are working on federal legal. And they're all like, it's a union. See, fairies are allowed to unionize. Yes. Because they know that a union makes everybody, a teamwork makes the dream work. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so the so weed fairies out working on the federal legalization tip. Absolutely. Cake fairies and the tooth fairies are like mm-hmm. doing their job. Well, because at the end of the day, they're going to want the cake fairies for the celebration of federal. Right. Yeah. You're going to need moist cake in every home. You need a lot of cake fairies. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. Also, I just think it's cool that the fairy population has unions. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. They sure do. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think the fairy union is called? The fairy union? For weed specifically? Like the Global Association of Fairy Workers? Global. G-A-F-W? GAFU? Global Association of Mm -hmm. Fairy Workers? Yeah. I think so, though. Yeah. Yeah. The G-A-F-W? Yeah. Yeah, you can see it in writing. Yeah. Right? There's like little fairy dust all over all the letters. It's, It's not black. There's no like 
monochromatic colors to it. It's it's like a Lisa Frank. It's iridescent. Logo. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, and there's little wings on each side of it. Yep. And and pixie dust falling down over the letters. A lot of sparkles. Man, I who can draw? I wish I could draw so <laughs> bad. Global right Association now. of Fairy Workers logo. Yeah. I know someone out there listening can do it. <laughs> That's a dream come true. Please send it to us. So who's who's Tinkerbell? Like, is that like the Beyonce of Oh yeah. Fairy? Yeah, Tinkerbell is definitely the Beyonce of all fairies. I think so too, mm-hmm. right? She's the one, or maybe the Mary Tyler Moore. Like, what? She's an oh, icon. Oh, yeah, she is right? kind of a more of a Mary, Mary Tyler Moore of all the fairies. Yes. I think so. Yes. I think Beyonce, in terms of legendary goat status, mm-hmm. but Mary Tyler Moore feels like she, the Tinkerbell, like, she's. Well, she's just older. Lifetime Achievement yeah. Awards. She's yeah. She's just more of a, yeah. Like all these docs legend. are coming out about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. I do Who are too. the other famous fairies? Um, gee whiz. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, the fairy godmother from uh, oh Cinderella. Oh my God. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Sure. Wow. Do you think she ever ran? Uh, for office? Yeah. What do you, ta- what do you, for what position? Oh, I for guess. like God. top fairy or what are you talking about? <laughs> America's next top fairy. What are you talking about? Do you think she ever ran? I don't know. I'm just picturing, now I'm building a fairy government in my mind. Yeah, and it's happening in your head and yeah. I don't know what it looks like over right. there. Well, it's tough because it's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I like that. I don't what know. Kind of fairy society is in your brain? Now I'm building a fairy government in my head, but I suppose the fairy godmother wouldn't be in government because she's an a-lister she's a she's a part of the no celebrity. she is in government she's the ruth bader ginsburg of the fairy world absolutely she's on the supreme court of all fairies what are you talking about i think you're right okay thank you <laughs> okay hey sometimes i spitball in... she enacts policy <laughs> yes <laughs> that's what she does the fairy godmother yeah we must keep her alive at all costs at all costs mm-hmm. yes so she like when they say uh when she bibbity bobbity boos that is wrote into law yes i like that yep Cool. That so, is, yep. And then Tinkerbell is the emissary. She just is like the spokesperson for fairies. Okay. And then uh, I can't think of any other fairies, but I'm sure we will uh, hear about it. I don't know if anyone it, out there is a big fairy fan. I, there's definitely fairy there's fans the out there. There's the cake fairy. There's the tooth fairy. There's the weed fairy. There's the fairy that I take to um, Port Townsend from Seattle. Oh, the boats? Yeah. <laughs> I believe in fairies, you know? That was my, dad, my dad's joke every time we wrote a fairy. Every single time. Was that? I believe in fairies. Because you're on one? Yeah. He would just say, I believe in fairies. Do you? And I'd be like, dad. And he'd be like, look, you're on one. Oh, man. Yeah. He was a good dad. I Lots like of him. good dad jokes. I like him. That's a good dude. Um, can I shout out something that is also just really fun and happy and makes my dog happy, too, that I uh, is also like a 420 thing? I got a package from BarkBox for Mr. Archie Moo of three toys that were designed uh, for 420 and they are a bong called get a bong little doggy <laughs> <laughs> a pair of chewy nugs that are called like hydroponic but p-a-w hydroponic but very cute and a joint called woof woof pass that has a squeak in it and a crinkle and archie went absolutely nuts i was like what did they put in these is there actual weed in these toys because my dog is freaking out he has not dropped he's had either the joint or the bong in his mouth for the past week hell yeah 420 pup and um i just love them and then it turns out that friend of the pod and friend in real life amanda duarte is friends with the person who designed these toys for bark box um and so she tagged him and now we're in touch as well and so he knows firsthand how much archie loves these toys that's 
so awesome. It's so great. They're, well, I can't recommend them highly enough. <laughs> highly enough. My dog is just like, yeah, he's thrilled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's very funny to like see him come around the corner with a fat joint in his mouth. It's so crazy. And he naturally just holds it by the skinny end. So it looks like he's just like got this fatty in his mouth. And he's so excited. His tail is up. His fur is fluffy. Barkbox. Barkbox. Let's hit him with a link. Uh, in the show notes? Yeah, for okay, sure. Bet. This is the first awesome. time I've ever gotten a bark box and it was like the most perfect thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs need 422. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> I want to just keep the positivity train rolling, if that's cool with you, because this has been a very upbeat conversation with Warren and I just want to jump into my butt of the week, if that's okay. Absolutely. Cool. My butt of the week this week is Liz fucking glazer her name's not glazer anymore she got married but she's my cousin she'll always be liz glazer to me because i've known her since the come up and she is a nurse and she is in the new england states and she is working the longest shifts and she at one time they thought that she might have corona and so she went home and she sat for three days and they tested her and it was negative and so she just was like great see you in the morning and got right back to fucking work and she is saving lives and she is changing the world from like the ground goddamn floor and i just want to say thank you to liz you're my butt of the week that is a very cool butt of the week um my butt of the week kate is also a nurse my friend kate is here in la at cedar sinai and she just posted about herself uh with like 10 other nurses and she was like you know if you're even thinking about it it's never too late to become a nurse i have friends who went to nursing school in their 50s we need you now more than ever if anyone out there is considering uh you know maybe jumping in so anyway i just wanted to shout out kate because she's just the coolest and incredible musician and person and nurse and friend and um she's my butt of the week See? Yo, these <laughs> yeah. are good fucking buds. Good buds. Damn right. Um, yeah. Do you want to get to our VIB then? I do. Warren Bobro is the cocktail whisperer. Yes. He writes for Forbes. He has lived, it seems like, I don't know, 10 lives. He knows so much about weed. He knows everything about cocktails. And he hung out with us to sort of like show us some of his recipes and, and talk about his life and, and his story, which is truly so incredible. It felt so great to hang with him and, and just hear hear a little more about him because I've known about him for a really long time. But this is the first time we've met. I feel like that is kind of his MO is like everybody has heard of him. But to actually sit down and talk with him, you're like, yep, that's why. Yeah. That's why everybody knows of you. Yeah. God damn, man. Yeah. You're a good one. It was really great. And also, uh, when he, after we finished recording, we were like, thanks so much for hanging. And he was like, yeah, I'm just going to go. And he like said what he, I can't remember what it was. It was oh, a was, chop for he dinner. He was making a veal in a cast iron skillet. And drinking some Pinot Noir. Yeah. I was like, well, you just know how to live, obviously. <laughs> so one, one of uh, the people that I want to know better and better. Always. Yeah. All right, y'all. I hope you're all having beautiful weeks. And uh, we just want to say thank you for listening. Without further ado, here is our interview with Warren Bobro. What an opening. Yeah, right? Let's let's get going. We should. Yeah, let's go. We are all people who are flying over the cuckoo's nest at this time. It is undoubtedly. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? (laughs) We're already in it. I'm so stoked to just hang. This is awesome. Yeah, we have a very, very, very tremendous guest, especially for 420 month. Warren, do you mind introducing yourself and telling everyone a Um, little bit about who you is and what you be? I would love to. I'm a uh, self-made man. I've written six books, one of which is... uh, this one right here, it's in reverse, but cannabis cocktails, mocktails, and tonics. 
Um, it is the first book written on the t on the topic. I actually did destroy them on Vice on you know live TV. They asked for some CBD THC cocktails, and you know you're only supposed to have one per hour. I think they had like ten. Um, wow, man! Where do we want to start? Do we want to start at self-made or start at what's in the book? Uh, I start at, so I'm a master yeah. mixologist. I've uh, I've been in the liquor industry for you know thirty some odd years. Uh, I had a chance to reinvent myself after I lost a corporate job that was required upon me, uh, and I've written books on mixology. I, you know, I really have a, a way with uh, with ingredients. I'm a trained chef originally. Um, a saucier, if you will. I like yeah, uh, like working with in the like working with flavors. I started as a dishwasher and I worked my way up, as well as becoming to become a bartender. I started as a bar back and worked my way up at fifty. So I'm fifty nine. Where did you start month. all of this? Uh, Was this in New York? No, all over the place. I started. I worked in Maine. I worked in South Carolina. I owned a fresh pasta business in South Carolina. I worked in New York City. I worked in Scottsdale. Uh, in Boston, all over. What's the number one pasta? Uh, agnolotti. I love agnolotti. That's, that's so sort of like a tortellini, but flat and and half moon shape. And the dyes yes. that were meant for that were were made in Italy, and they were all made of solid brass and uh, expensive dreams. Lovely dreams. Amazing. I miss it, it sometimes. Agnolotti holds the best sauce quantity, also. Yeah, it does. It sticks to all that pasta that's there. You don't want to yeah. use too much sauce, and it's gravy for me anyway. So, so the saucier is the person who is responsible for what? Just soups, the, the soups, soups, stocks, and sauces. Yep. Mm -hmm. Soups, stocks, and sauces. So that's that's why ingredients come very easily to me. And when I created my books, uh, the first one, apothecary cocktails. The second one, whiskey cocktails. Third one, bitters and shrubs, syrup cocktails. And then, of course, uh, cannabis cocktails right here. So I Hell teach yeah. you how to infuse THC as opposed to CBD into craft spirits or mocktails, and they will destroy you. Yeah, yeah. your research and development phase must have been like you lying on the floor a lot. Uh, the couch, the couch, yes. And, oh, okay. and the room spinning at rapid pace. And yeah, yeah. that's why I like yeah. the floor. <laughs> we can hold on if it's like a sailboat, you know. Exactly. Wow. So you make your own infusions, obviously. Yeah, like you, I, teach you you to, your... I teach you to decarb, which is to activate the uh, THC from THCA. Cannabis in its natural state will never get you high unless you light it on fire or heat it in the oven. I uh, use a piece of machinery called the Ardent. And what oh, that yeah. does is it de, uh, you know, decarbs the cannabis to 100% bioavailability. And then, you know, all, also you could use the Levo. It has its own uh, decarbing function, except for the Ardent, really. You know, you can do, I just got one of the new ones, and it could do like three or four ounces in it. So it's pretty substantial. Well, the Arden is just for decarbing, right? Just for decarbing. It makes infusions? Yeah, it does. And I, uh, I do things like condensed milk for uh, THC-infused uh, Vietnamese iced coffees, which are... Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that's, I got a picture of that. And then I have uh, another Holy one that, that I do with... Uh, oh, shit. I do, I do all sorts of great things. One with... Uh, one with ginger beer and fresh lime juice. This is the one with the Vietnamese iced coffee. How about that? Oh, it's glorious. Fucking sexy. Look at that cream pouring into that. Yeah, and that, and that all that nice fatty cream really 
you know, holds on to the THC. And also, I also use lecithin, and what that does is it supercharges the THC. It's good stuff. Uh-huh. Um, then there's an, another cocktail here that I really, really love in the book. It's called the Meserol Cocktail, and it's named after uh, Mez Mesero, who was Louis Armstrong's weed dealer uh, during the 30s and 40s. I, I never knew that. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, and, a, and a well-rolled cannabis cigarette would have been known as a Meserol. So no it's somewhere in my book. But, uh, I, I like that this could just be story time where you just read us oh, I'd entries love, from I'd your love to book do that. because it's... So wonderful. Well, yeah, here it is. This is the Meserol cocktail named for Mez Mesra. Oh, my so, gosh. It's kind gorgeous. of like, yeah, similar to a Manhattan in, in some respects, but it's made on crushed ice. I uh, use bourbon whiskey from Barrel, which is a mm. uh, high-quality single-barrel production. Uh, greenish cocktail cherries, which are cocktail cherries like the Luxardos that I infuse with THC. I also used uh, cannabis-infused vermouth, and I used uncouth vermouth in their seasonal wildflower blend and aromatic bitters. But it really is a oh delicious little cocktail. That looks incredible. How do you how do you pair the cannabis with alcohol? Because well, that is such a tricky balance It, it for is. Me. And this one, I uh, I discovered like a strain called, uh, called Cherry Pie. So it was a sativa indica hybrid strain. It's redolent of sweet and sour cherries, and it complements the toasty, oaky flavors inherent in the liquors. Uh, as far as making oh crushed God. ice, it's best to place the ice in a Lewis bag, which is a heavy canvas bag that's made for the job before whacking it with a wooden mallet or rolling pin. Wow. Hey. And I think cherry pie is the one that, uh, isn't that the one Jim Belushi says is yeah. the marriage counselor? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Warren. Yeah, man. What's up? We've been, we've been talking for five minutes, and I've decided that you're the weed Alton Brown that we all need. <laughs> Thank you. you. You honor me. And I have a product coming out in California as well. What? Yes. What is it? Yes, it's called Klaus, and it's named after my, uh, my gnome, which is named Klaus, also a 1800s German drinking gnome who has followed me around all over the world. I took him to Russia when I taught at the Moscow Bar Show. He's been to Zurich. He's been to uh, where he was in uh, in Berlin, uh, where I spoke at Berlin Bar Convent in uh, in December. He's been all over. And, you know, he's he's really a good little guy, like by most. But those who don't get it, it's okay. I'm weird. I'm 59 years old. I can do anything I want, you know. Carry, <laughs> yes, carry a gnome, no big deal. Go through customs in Russia, no big deal. It's all good. No big deal. What is what is the um, weed thing in California that's named for? Klaus. Uh, it's called Klaus. It's a uh, it's a beverage made with nanotechnology live resin in the uh, in, in the strain of mango train wreck, and it's uh, evolved into one like one of the drinks out of my book. So uh, oh you my know, fucking god! I have seven. <laughs> I have seventy five of them in the book. So I'm coming out with one skew. And it's uh, pretty beautiful stuff. I'm really fortunate. We've gotten, uh, I guess, what they call incubator funding for 4,400 cans. So when Congratulations. I thank you. When I spoke in front of the Cannabis Drinks Expo last year, and I said cannabis drinks suck, they really do, because this is not an insipid seltzer or a beer flavored beverage. It's a serious craft mocktail. That just doesn't happen to have alcohol in it. It's quite delicious. Congrats. Is that ten milligrams a can? Uh it's twenty and it and it feels like a hundred. <laughs> it, and it hits in three and it hits in three minutes. 
Dude, we're talking to you at the right time with everybody staying home in quarantine. So if they can like make a couple of recipes from your book and just have a night for themselves to do something fresh, new, and fun, then what? I mean, what else is there? This is perfect. Well, I love, you know, it's starting to get warm. I'm sure it's warm where you are. But uh, I have the hoochie coochie man. That's a... uh, (laughs) Just keep holding up these pictures that are blowing my mind. uh, What is that? That's a mango lassi. Oh we love gosh. a mango lassi. That's yeah, because what's the, is it yogurt that's it's in a It's yogurt, yeah, and I use yeah. Greek yogurt in it, and I use uh, mango puree, which is supposed to invigorate the uh, cannabis. Because of the mercine, right? Right, I use cannabis-infused yeah. light rum, which is mm-hmm. rum agricole from Martinique, which is quite lovely. It has a nice funk to it. Uh, it's Amazing. from an Appellation Original Control A, an AOC. Wow. It's made with crushed coconut water ice. So instead of regular water, which is flat and only dilutes your drink, when coconut water ice dilutes, it dilutes as a flavor element into the craft cocktail. Oh, this drink wood. only has three ingredients. You know, it's not a, you know, my, I really want to dispel the idea of 10-minute cocktails. I mean, that's stupid. When, you have, when, I, when I attended bar and I had 50 people in front of me and everyone had complicated drinks and I wanted to say, you know, what the fuck? You, know, you yeah. can't do that. When you're a working bartender, you have to get the job done. And if Damn it means right. doing simple work, simply prepared with love, that's what I do. What were you going to ask me? Oh, I was just going to say, I wanted, like you write, you're not in addition to all of these books, you also interview people and write about oh, the I cannabis do. industry. Yeah, I, and... I, write about, I write for Forbes uh, in mm-hmm. the Vices section, which is great fun for me. And it's just about changed my world and changed my life. I was a banker for 20 years. I owed my dad and my grandfather uh, a lot of money and it took me 20 years to pay them back. So uh, I had a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> was it from gambling? Uh, no, I went into the fresh pasta business and I owed them a, a sum. It became about two and a half million bucks. And uh, wow. yeah, I paid them wow. back in full. Wow, that's wow. amazing. Okay, because the, I mean, obviously you enjoy the, the risk of living the life you want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, but to also live on the other side of that and be able to like deliver on promises and get back uh, to people... Yeah, it's it's really important. Uh, everyone else seems in my family had things forgiven or given, and uh, you know I I complained at the time, but I think it made me the man I am today, because my story is true, and and it you know it speaks to not everything being easy, and uh, a lot of failures, definitely a lot of failures. You know, divorce, bankruptcy. Uh, loss of really loss of everything. I lost my house. I lost my sense of self, and uh, it's been a, a tough road, but one that I embrace because it brought me here. So, what else can I say? Yeah. How did how did what did the road back look like from the moment where you felt like you'd lost it all? It sucked. It sucked because uh, because there wasn't anyone to fall back on but myself. And if you looked at my LinkedIn, I kind of you know I'd rather I I. I pretty soft-spoken and I don't feel so comfortable about bragging about you know who my grandparents were or who my parents are or anything else because they really didn't have time for me and they weren't in the in the mode of listening to anyone but themselves and that's okay because as I said through that that dialogue of of what it was that that they were trying to teach me or not teach me it brought me to where I am right now but it wasn't easy and I don't expect it to be easy. And, you know, I grew up a lot of, around a lot of ultra high net worth kids 
from ultra high net worth families and they've always seemed to wait around for the inheritance that they may or may not ever get and they've sort of put their lives on hold i had no choice you know i was working in wine stores at uh, at 16 and you know fast food restaurants and all this stuff because i wanted to be a chef but uh you know it's uh it wasn't easy and i think if i maybe if i'd become a lawyer or a doctor like my parents wanted me to become maybe it would have been easier but i just didn't have the aptitude for it my my talent was someplace else it took me a long time to find where it was it sounds like your aptitude is largely an incredible palette and lust for well and like a lot of european of travel things. a lot of brazilian yeah. travel a lot of african travel a lot of eating and drinking and you know, I quit hard liquor, so I lost like 55 pounds. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, weed is my, is my passion, uh, and especially the gourmet side of it, you know, the really the high end. And, you know, anyone can smoke cannabis, but to truly find what is, what represents truly delicious behavior, I mean, that's, that's what I'm looking for. I wanted to ask you, you know, on that sort of luxury note, like there are the, di- the differing... Um definitions of what luxury cannabis is because i know you're talking about the best weed when in fact there are all of these brands that are launching and claiming to sort of be high-end oh, but in I, fact I, it's like crap out, weed well, but out, outdoor grown you know outdoor grown under the sun and, and and moon and and you know birds flying through them and and insects and terroir i mean i write about wine and organic and biodynamic wine because it's what i like to drink so why shouldn't my cannabis be organic and biodynamic? It should be in keeping with the earth. And, you know, I, I love indoor grown stuff. It looks beautiful. It smells beautiful. It tastes beautiful. You get high. But I want something that really takes me to the next place, my cannabis appreciation. You know, I'm not an old, a young guy, and I, I want the very best at this point in my life. And if I can afford it and I'm able to have it, I want it to be a certain you know ratio of, of fun to pleasure to to attractiveness to the way it makes me feel and i also have a medical reason why i use cannabis and i was uh you know i inherited glaucoma from my uh, from my late father so uh oh, yeah. it was well it actually has a benefit because i got in the medical marijuana program in new jersey and i had my eyes checked out yesterday by the ophthalmologist and i was uh 12 and 12 when i first got into the program it was 48 and 38 so uh, you could it's say it's higher is well you're you're blind at fifty they take away your license forever so I'm oh. at twelve I think it's pretty good news you're doing great yeah that's it's really good wow, news that's awesome to yeah because uh, yeah. because like eleven or t- between eleven and fourteen evidently is normal so and to have them the same without drops or mm-hmm. you know chemicals at all I'm just using medical cannabis I think that's amazing uh I I wanted to like know what the world looks like where you are right now are you working on another book and just staying in and smoking great bubble hash or uh, my, is the world uh, the, the world is is an, is an awful place right now unfortunately but we have an opportunity to do small things that are good by others and that's what i intend to do continue to do with the best of my ability um I'm I'm 35 miles outside of New York City. You if you watch television, you know what's going on. <clears throat> it's not a uh, it's not a pretty picture and I try to remain optimistic. I'm very lucky in many ways in life. 
Yeah. But what are the things I, I personally, I love your Instagram and I saw that you just got 30,000 hits. No, 40,000, 40, 40, 40, over 40,000 on that piece. I've in never, a, in, one I, day. in one day, I've never had anything like that. It's blown up completely. That's so dope. And so that whole time you're putting out these positive articles and positive things uh-huh. like that. Is that something that you had to learn that you believed in early in life? Just the No, cycle not of at all. Home? It's a really good question. When I used to review restaurants for New Jersey Monthly Magazine, uh, I was hated and feared. And being a, uh, a chef, I would stake out the kitchens of the restaurants that I was you know, reviewing and see where they get their stuff. And if they say they're buying fresh, they should be buying fresh, not frozen. I know ingredients. Yeah. I grew up on a farm. You know, I understand what goes into what goes on the plate. It's it's pretty simple for me. You don't have to make things up. So when you're making things up, it's pretty evident, and I want to talk about it. So I talked about it too much. Got it. But you were also correct. I, I was like correct. Was justice but, in it. but in restaurant reviewing, especially here in New Jersey, it's all based on advertisement. So if you're spending, you know, a, you have a big advertising spend through your PR, you, you might not necessarily want someone coming out and saying that your Fort Star restaurant is no more than, uh, I, um, let's see, what did I say? Country club cooking or prep school cooking. Ooh, <laughs> but that's, but burn. that's, but that's very, pro- but that's very popular out here. You know, it's, they're very sure. wealthy and entitled. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> what did I say? I love justice, man. Yeah. I love justice. Well, so really much. Not, do you, I'm sure you read the takedown of Peter Luger in the New York times. I loved last it. Year. I absolutely loved it. And, but Peter Luger is exactly as it should be. So it wasn't actually a takedown. What it was is it was mean spirited because Luger has always been like that. It's no different. It, for them to say that it's gotten any, it's gotten worse is no better than when it was when I first went there in the 1970s. It is the same. It is a classic steakhouse, period. It's, they're not looking to be Smith and Walensky, which is no more than a chain, or they're not trying to be Ruth's Chris, which is no more than a chain, but that's what people want to eat because it's the same every single time and they can't understand why if they get a steak with fat on it that's a bad thing that's actually a good thing because the fat is where the flavor is but if you're looking at food and you're looking for something that's you know like le bernardine you're just not going to get it at uh, peter luger's you're going to get peter luger's at peter luger's period that's it don't go there expecting you know 18 beers on the menu they have their beer that's it that's what you drink you go there and you you know it's it's like going to a number of places in new york city in, yeah, in, in the old days right? you know if, yeah. if if it's the way that they do things if the way that that they want things why tear them a new butt there's no reason for it, it i thought it was mean-spirited that's well said very well said damn because i've listened to a lot of podcasts about that well, people relish review. the takedown, right? Yeah, yeah they love sure. yeah, well, the they, cancel. They want to read something not nice. They want to feel that they, oh, I too got a fatty steak there. Hey, I love a fatty steak there. That's, that is where it's at because I want to take that little nugget of fat home and I want to mm-hmm. reheat it in my toaster oven and say, I had that Luger's experience. Heck yeah. Heck yes. Ooh. We need to put a disclaimer on this episode that says, do not listen if you don't have a drink in your hand, a joint in your mouth, and a sandwich in front of you. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, hey I, just, I just ordered some katzes. My, my wife ordered some katzes, so, uh, so it's going to be great. We get that tomorrow. So we're kind Ooh. of stuck in place, so I get some deli. And some smoked right, meat. You know, it's smoked meat, yeah. <laughs> Pastrami? So uh, actually, corned beef, and I'm uh, not quite sure what else. Lots of stuff. Could I put you on the spot? Yeah, and- man. 
if I tell you some of my favorite ingredients, okay, I'll could, create could we try and create a uh, like a glazer teeny? Absolutely, please. Okay, I love whiskey. Okay, I love vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. I love big ice cubes. We got or it. The tiny balls of ice. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe something citrusy. Oh, I'm going to give you a milk punch with a okay. uh, with a, a lemon foam on top. So you have the uh, so the milk you're going to infuse the heavy cream with uh, with THC of your choice. So I would probably say an indica because you want to have something that really relaxes you and makes you quite peaceful. Maybe like uh, I don't know, maybe Gorilla Glue before they changed it and made it sativa like I like it in this original incarnation. Um, whiskey, of course, is in your milk punch. Uh, I would use a little fresh vanilla to really give it some life. Um, the citrus, you're going to add a little bit of citrus to an egg white, uh, that you're going to shake, dry shake. So it gets like a meringue and you, you're in another shaker, you're going to shake up the, uh, the bourbon and a little bit of ice cream and a little bit of heavy cream and a little bit of, uh, vanilla. So you get that really frosty and dry shake the, uh, lemon and a little bit of egg white, pour the, uh, the ice cream bourbon mixture into a Collins glass, tall glass, and top oh, it off tall. and top it off with a little bit of the foam and the uh and the lemon. So it, it adds it adds up almost like a Ramos gin fizz, but there's no gin in it. It's rye. Ta da. Wow. I don't know what else to do. I can see it in my mind's eye and it's delicious. It's like laser. You bet it is. You bet it is. Oh, It'll get God you stoned. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, the glazer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me get a glazer. I hope to have that privilege. It didn't sound like a teeny day. at all. It sounded like a, like a, well, it's a punch, right? Well, you yeah. said ice cream, so I wanted to give, make it like a, a milk punch. That's, that's exactly what I want. Sounds mm-hmm. delicious. Ooh, can we do one for Mary Jane? Absolutely. Tell me what you like. I love a dark and stormy. Oh, I so love a dark I'm and like, stormy. Okay. So we could take that with, uh, instead of using the, uh, you know, like the Jamaican rum or the Goslings is what they usually use in a dark and storm music. I think they, uh, they, they uh, copyrighted the name, so I can't call it a dark and stormy. I could say that it's maybe like a, uh, a rum mule, but I would take the limes and I would slice them in half and put some Angostura bitters and Demerara sugar on them and roast them in the oven for about half hour at 300 degrees until they caramelized. So you have the caramelized lime with the Angostura and the sugar, and you would juice that just a little bit. You don't need much. You're going to be making something like a teaponche, which is uh, agricole rum, lime juice, cane sugar syrup, except for this, the lime element is caramelized. So, and the rum is, of course, from Martinique. So the Martinique rum goes into the glass first, squeeze a little bit of that caramelized lime sugar Angostura mixture, and then top it off with a little bit of cane sugar syrup to make it sweet and finger stir it like Gaz Regan would teach me. Oh, where does the, can I put a tincture in there? You can absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Maybe the tincture would be out of balance. So I would probably uh, infuse the cane sugar syrup with the THC. Green dragon style kind of? Oh, I love the green dragon. Yeah, but Mm. maybe puff some absinthe inside the glass first and the absinthe would be infused. Yes. Oh God. The Mary and Jane. 
Ooh, there you go. Oh my gosh, Warren. Awesome. I could play this game all fucking day. (laughs) uh, They call me the cocktail whisperer, and I I really believe that. And it's been a long time, and I really created something out of nothing. So it's uh, cocktailwhisperer.com. And uh, you see what I've been up to and where I came from. I mean, it goes all the way back to the beginning. So, you know, I've written in the Oxford Encyclopedia even. I mean, it's pretty wild. I would have never have expected this. I was, just, what I, are was you a, talking about? I was a banker, man, for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Me. So, huh. but what ha- so when it when when you had that switch between banker and deciding to carve your own path. No, I had no it- I no I had no switch. I was fired. Oh. They they offshored me. I took my pension. I I was an old man before my time. I looked like I was I looked like I don't even want to tell you what I look like. You'd never recognize me. I looked like a different person. Uh, it's a, uh, it was like a metamorphosis. It was like Kafka. It was truly mm. a Kafka existence. I went from someone who would come home from work and go to sleep on the couch to someone who goes to all the uh, incredible things in life, all the, the most incredible cannabis experiences that you could ever imagine. I've done it. And I, I even smoked a joint in Red Square when I was there. I mean, who gets to well, do that? That's that's really incredible. That's because of that's because of this, okay? And and I have to give full disclosure. Um, on my arm is tattooed that. Okay, that's, can you hold uh, it up to the camera? It looks like a key. That's a key. That's an employee's only tattoo. Oh my god! <sighs> and that'll get yes. you. And that'll open doors anywhere in the world. Let me assure you. <laughs> And it got yes. me, and in Russia, in Moscow, when I was teaching at the Moscow Bar Show, it got me an invitation to smoke a joint at the in Red Square, and it got me an invitation to make cocktails at the top of the FSB building, which is something that I did uh, for the president of Russia and other individuals. And the FSB wow. building is the uh, the Secret Service, uh, CIA, NSA. But there's a restaurant all the way at the very top of this 60 or 70 story building in the center of Moscow that's just for the gangsters, the organized crime people, I suppose, the government people who are intertwined with whatever it is that goes on there. And uh, those of us who are in a place in the universe where we know how to mix a delicious drink and get people drunk. I was the uh, international brand ambassador for a boutique uh, Russian liquor company. And they showed me the world, and I, in turn, sold their products here in the United States. It opened doors, as I said, to a life that only that people only dream about. I cannot ever retell the stories because they would <laughs> fucking kill me. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you know, it, as I said, you know, you have that key, and that's with me for the rest of my life. And it's, as I said, it's, uh, it's done things for me that I can never explain, and it represents my commitment to the craft cocktail. Wow, I remember my first experience at Employees Only when I lived. I lived in New York for a long right, time. I right. just moved to LA a few years ago, and I remember that that night that we got in. Uh-huh, and, uh huh. Uh-huh. It was a big fucking. It's a big deal. deal. Yeah, it's yep. a big deal, and it's, it's it's really an important place. And I think what I walk in there, and the drink that I like to drink is a Hemingway, and I never have to ask for a Hemingway. It just appears, and it's just something that becomes part of my experience of of going to employees only and enjoying the people of employees only. And I was literally down in, in Miami a couple of years ago when the employees only in Miami was open. 
And I walked in, I did not say a word and sat down and there was, boom, there was a, there was a Hemingway down in front of me. And, you know, I, I know I'm identifiable and I know everyone knows me from Tales of the Cocktail and when I was a rum judge and, and the whole thing. So it, it only made sense that I'd be in Miami drinking, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, drinking uh, Hemingways. So this is a uh, CBD tincture, which I'm going to be putting in my mouth for. My, Ooh, my throat. Nice. Love a tincture. Okay. There what, you go. What do you recommend if people are, uh, we've had some people ask us about making tinctures at home, especially right now. What do you recommend as the um, solution to put them in? Or uh, like a I haven't really, I have, uh, alcohol infusion would be great. It's probably the best. I'm doing a bottle of barrel bourbon right now. Uh, that's like 120 proof bourbon that I put a uh, half ounce of very, very, very fine Oregon bud into it that had been decarbed first. It sits for about 30 days in a dark, warm place, which puts all the nice THC right into the right into the spirit. And then I uh, squeeze it all out and put it back into the bottle and seal it up. And there it goes. I have to ask, because I'm trying to track your, like, the way that you love, like, a dialed-in, perfect, like, scientific formula to make something so creative and beautiful when you were growing up as a kid were you uh-huh. like like looking at ants through a magnifying glass and like yeah. where does the I, where does it all come from mike i was i was truly a nerd i was the kid that got beaten up every day after school uh and between my parents and and school i was pretty unhappy so i was a uh, i was completely a nerd i smoke weed since i was 12 or 13 years old it's probably the thing that saved my life um and i was always very detail oriented the home that i grew up in was designed by a student of frank lloyd wright for my parents so uh Mm -hmm. it so i could say that mr wright taught me everything that i knew and much of the things that i know about the universe come from growing up in a home and, and being raised in Europe and all over the world. And it's, uh, you know, it was an upbringing that I can't make up and the stories are, are too good to be true, but they are true. And, uh, mm. it, what it did for me is teach me that I had to work really, really hard to afford my lifestyle. <laughs> so, so I, uh, so I, so I have a dream and, and some way to get there. And hopefully the, someone says, Hey, you know, he has more than just a, a promise to be made. He has a, a truth to be told. And, you know, my family was in the motion picture industry and they, uh, the, the dreams were always big. So I really wanted to have big dreams myself. But it's just take. It's taken a lot longer. It's. I'll be fifty nine in May, which is only next month. So uh, you know. So it's good. I I think I get younger, and uh, I think everyone around me would challenge the fact that I'm going to be fifty nine. So damn right. There's a thing about the way you're talking about big dreams that makes me think of myself because I kind of had big dreams, but they were very blurry. Like Mm -hmm. it was like I want to be a millionaire, and Mm -hmm. it's like, well, okay, but like, what's the what are you really saying? And it took me a really long time to dream big enough and specifically enough to actually know what my goals were instead of thinking like my goal is to be rich. And it's like, I don't even know what that means. Well, you know what I want to, I want to tell you that when you lose everything to the government, as I did when I declared bankruptcy, um, you, 
they see exactly what you've got, you know, and if you hide anything from them, they're going to throw you into jail. So there's, there are a lot of things you can get arrested for, and that's not something you want to get arrested for. And, and they're pretty, pretty strict. So when I had enough money to put a tank of gas in my car, that's when I realized that I really had a lot further to go, but it was a start. And, uh, it was a good feeling not to have to roll coins because I did. And, uh, you know, it's part of my story and it, it wasn't a, a good part, but it's, a, but it's a, a part that really resonates with me because I don't think I could have become the Warren that I am today without that experience. And, you know, this is really the, the part that resonates the most with me because my dad disowned me for writing and being involved in the cannabis industry. So I dedicated my final book to, to him, and I said, or this book to him, and I said to my father, Robert Bobro, who taught me to stand on my own two feet and succeed at what made me happy. And I, I really believe that that's the way that, uh, that I've tried to live my life, you know, because no one really cares what I do. No one asked me where I went to college or how long I spent at MIT or whether I worked at Danceteria in New York City or not, or all these other things, whether I wash dishes, but, you know, it brought me to this place where I wanted, I'm really trying to do better by others because I didn't always do so well by me. So. That sounds like the most important thing that anyone could do right now when we're all having a moment to reset that maybe everyone can take a moment to decide to live that way. Yeah, it, I mean, it might be altruistic to assume that, but I, I truly believe that uh, that I am the man I am today because I tried to do nicely, nice things for others. I, they didn't always do nice things for me. I didn't get to this, this seat in front of you by writing crap stuff. I, I worked for free for way too long, and uh, finally I, I said, you know, people are getting rich on, on my behalf and it's time to say, you know, can you at least buy me a pizza? So, you know, and it's funny, I, I've worked for exposure for so long that, uh, that I forgot what it was to add value to what you do. And it what happened when you started asking for what you felt like you wanted and deserved? Did it widen everything more? Did it make you realize that there was a path how did it change everything uh the, the way it changed things is that i had a value for for me i still don't feel like i'm getting paid enough but uh but i add value to it and i try to take money out of the equation which is which is pretty important so you don't get disappointed when someone lowballs you um it's nice to be working i appreciate those my accomplishments i don't get paid a whole lot but for what i do when I do an infused uh, dinner that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, those type of events are very, are, are very pr profitable for me because mm -hmm. they, because they involve airfare and staying in a nice place and eating good food and meeting interesting people. And it's, it's more than just a price. It's, it's all the exposure that you get from being with people. When you come out, can we all go to dinner together and like smoke and hang and eat and enjoy can we, drinks can we, together? Can, can we bump elbows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can put them all up. Yep. yep. Wing and bump there them. There you go. Yep. That's the screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, I, I just wanted to say uh, this conversation specifically, man, uh, I really needed it at a time I didn't need, know I needed it because okay. what you're talking about with your career 
and with what's going on with Corona right now, for mm -hmm. me, everything that I was working towards has stopped and there's no idea when and if it will come back. But that hasn't changed my hunger mm -hmm. and my ambition mm -hmm. for being the best me I can be. And so to hear you talk about acceptance of what is mm -hmm. with the idea of always moving forward towards a goal, I, I kind of needed to hear it right now, dude. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, but it's not easy and no one's looking for it to be easy. So you're going to have setbacks and there's going to be, as I said, there's always going to be someone who's going to say something nasty. You know, I have all these books. Read my my reviews. Not people are really mean, you know. Let me tell you, they they're <laughs> hiding behind their screen and they're really mean the things that they say. And I'm telling you, if they met with with me and sat and and had a meal, they might feel differently. But since they're hiding behind their computer, they can say anything they want, and it's not right. nice. And you know, it, it. I I try not to take it quite so personally. And as far as your career goes, you're a star, man. You're going to go places that I'm never going to go because because you come from a place that I don't come from. And that is authentic. And let me tell you, I see Thanks. great success in your future just because of who you are, not because of what you are. Thank you. Sincerely. Yeah, you need to hear that. You oh, know, man. I'm the guy to say it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are right. <laughs> like, all I want to do is make a joke because I'm so uncomfortably touched right now. That Aww. means so much. Thank you. Well, it's true. It's a truism. But you know, as I said, there's there are no easy paths in life, and we have to consider ourselves very, very fortunate. Not only from our health, but also from where we are in the universe. That anyone's taking the time to listen to what I have to say. That is a gift. I'm really moved by this conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I needed it too. I, I echo everything Mike said. This is but, just the perfect time to have a conversation with you well, you're about all these you're, things. You're super smart. And I, you know, I, I dig just being around people who can teach me something. Thanks, Warren. Damn. Damn. <laughs> wow. Well, where can everyone find you? <laughs> can we Let do a know. cry outro? Is yeah. that it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my, my eyes. My eyes. Um, Tell us where everyone can find you so they that can, we can... Uh... They can find me on my Instagram, which is my name, Warren Bobro. They can find me on Twitter, which is heavily tainted with my uh, with my liberal uh, political stance. Uh, Warren yes, yes. Bobro with a number one. Um, I vote, definitely. I would uh -huh. love, to, love to see legalized cannabis. Let's start talking about that. Um... On Facebook, I think I'm the same, my same name, LinkedIn. I think it's Cocktail Whisper. My website is CocktailWhisper.com. And of course, on Forbes, uh, under the Vices section, there are no other Warren Bobros, so it should show up pretty <laughs> readily. Um, if you put my name into Google, I don't have to brag, um, because then you can see what's out there and, you know, mm -hmm. dig deep. And if you have any questions, just ask. Um, and I'm easily gotten in touch with. I live a pretty public life on, on social media. So uh, if someone has something nice to say, I'll read it. And if they have something not nice to say, don't be surprised. We'll flame them. We'll flame them. <laughs> Just yes. don't be surprised. Flames. Flames. <laughs> Man, thank you so much. Thank you so much. My pleasure. This oh my god well please okay you you are coming back i'm not gonna ask i'm just making a request yes. um as we go into the end of this episode i just want to thank everyone for listening if you want to follow us on instagram we are at weed and grub our email is wg 
at weedandgrub.com. Uh, we are also on Facebook. We also have our own personal accounts. And uh, yeah, that's I think it. that's it, right? Yeah. Oh, what are you holding up? Oh, what is this, that? this is something that's not even made anymore. It's from uh, Canada, from Montreal. It's a stay matry uh, space pipe. Oh my God! What the hell Take is us that? out with that space pipe. Are you gonna hit that mm. thing? Oh yeah! Here he goes. Okay. <laughs> I'll go dun 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 dun. Boom boom! boom. It's there it is. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So good. Thank you. Cheers, Thanks. all. Bye, everybody. Bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>